Couch Talk. Hello and welcome to the uh, inaugural edition of Couch Talk podcast series. Uh, I'm honored to have with me as our first guest on Couch Talk, Sid V. Sid V used to work as a reporter at uh, Crick Info and has since uh, moved on to bigger and better things. You can find him on Twitter at Sid V, S-I-D-V-E-E, and he blogs at sidvblogs.wordpress.com. Recently, he has written a beautiful ode to uh, Rahul Ravid's century at uh, Sabina Park. If you haven't read it, you should go uh, do yourself a favor and head over there and read it. We are going to be talking to Sid about uh, his career as a cricket reporter slash journalist and uh, discuss the current state of uh, cricket journalism, uh, traditional as well as uh, internet-driven blogs and social networking sites. So anyway, without uh, any further ado, let's uh, bring in Sid. Sid, are you there? Hi, yeah. Hi, Subhash. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, um, you know, how did uh, you end up at the Crick Info? Let's start there. Yeah, it was quite an accident, actually. Um, I'd finished my engineering. You'd be surprised to know that I'm a mechanical engineer, like so many other uh, good South Indian boys who uh, (laughs) stick to type. And, um, yeah, I finished uh, my engineering. I knew that I wasn't going to... um, stick on to engineering for the rest of my life. I, th- I was thinking of uh, maybe working for a bit and I was thinking of probably doing an MBA or looking at some other options in front of me. But, um, and uh, cricket was something that I was, that I loved. I mean, that that's probably uh, for the first uh, 20 years of my life, I don't know if I could say that I loved anything else uh, too much. You know, I wasn't a big reader. I wasn't an avid reader of uh, too many uh, novels and too many... Uh, I didn't read too much apart from cricket. The only things I read were mostly cricket. The uh, I didn't watch uh, too much of uh, TV apart from cricket. I watched... Uh, you know, I of course, I watched a few so, movies and things, but... Mm-hmm. You know, we had a listener question uh, from uh, Mahesh Shetraman uh, at Cornered, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, did you ever think of cricket journalism as a career and, uh, you know, how uh, did you read uh, any specific, you know, did you read a lot of cricket books before you actually became a reporter, stuff like that? Well, I never thought of cricket journalism as a career. I mean, I I didn't even think that it was something that was accessible to me because uh, I thought, I always thought that uh, people follow a certain path into this and, you know, the people I was reading when I was a kid, uh, people, you know, probably people who were writing for the Hindu newspaper, Mm -hmm, like mm Ar Mohan, who I I used to read pretty often, or people who I used to read in... um, uh, you know, in, in Sports Star and things. I thought that, uh, you know, these people go through a certain path in their lives and which requires them to probably study something or go through. I, I never thought that I could, uh, it was that this sort of profession was accessible to me. Oh, okay. And so when I read on cricket, it was more because I loved the game and not because I, you know, was uh, planning to do anything with that kind of reading. I just I just I liked reading about it. And I remember the very first, uh, I think one of the first cricket books I read was uh, Spin and Other Turns, this uh, book by Ramchandra Guha. Mm-hmm which is a pretty small book, but it's it's such a delightful read. And I, I would later find out that um, Ram Guha wrote that book in 14 days. Um, <laughs> oh, and wow. uh, after after he was deeply uh, disturbed by the Babri Masjid, Babri Masjid riots, mm-hmm. he apparently just uh, secluded himself in a room for two weeks and wrote that book. And it, it was such a fabulous uh, read that I would have never imagined that, you know, he was actually writing it out of uh, to get out of uh, the real world 
uh, frustrations. So, yeah, I mean, I just read and, and somehow, you know, I used to read quite a bit of Cricket Info. I read a lot of this magazine, Wisden Asia Cricket. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow, you know, uh, at the time when I was finishing my engineering, there was this new column that they were starting in Wisden Asia Cricket, mm-hmm. which was about, um, which was called Whiteboard. And which where they said that, you know, uh, readers can uh, feel free to contribute articles if they want. And if, if they like it, they, they will publish it. And the editor got back to me and he said that, you know, you, you, it's, um, uh, you seem to uh, really, you seem to have a certain spark and you seem to have an interest and in what do you do and things. And, and I said, okay, fine, that's great. And I was hoping that it will get published. And I said, um, yeah, I mean, I'm finishing my engineering. I'm probably, you know, looking out for opportunities. And even then I said that, you know, if, if, if there are any part-time options with mm-hmm. Wisden Asia Cricket or Cricket Info, because again, even until then, I never thought that there was, there was, there was possible to have a full-time option like this. And so I said, uh, if there are some part-time the, uh, options. What is the general timeline of this? Uh, late this was in 2003. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. So anyway, so um, he, you know, said that, uh, and it so happened that Cricket Info had a vacancy at that point of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he got back to me and then we went to and fro an email and then he asked me to write a couple of more articles on uh, certain selected topics, okay. uh, which I did. And then, you know, he basically, uh, which was quite shocking to me without even meeting me. And after just one phone conversation, he offered me a job and he oh, said that... Nice. Uh, we, we can give you a full-time job in Bombay. Their, their office was in Bombay then. Yeah. So we can give you a full-time job in Bombay. And, and that was quite shocking to me because um, I, I, until that point, I never thought that it, anyone could, that a person like me at least, could actually have a full-time job in something like cricket. So uh, you started work at uh, Cricket Info and uh, you've covered uh, India tours as well. Correct. Yes, yes. I started. Uh, I started in 2003, and for most of 2003, 2004, uh, uh, you know, end of 2003, 2004, and even a lot of 2005, I didn't. I, I, the only games I covered was uh, domestic cricket, which, mm-hmm. and uh, Karnataka did really well in the late 90s. Yeah, so, you know, it, it was it was uh, it was something that a few of us, uh, me and a few of our friends, you know, we used to regularly end up uh, going to the stadium. We were probably the only three people in the stadium but we used to you know go there and watch the games it was it was it was good and and it helped that um, you know i liked covering domestic cricket so i used to i i traveled quite a bit around india to watch domestic games okay i um, used to write a lot about um, i used to speak to a lot of uh, domestic cricketers which was very uh, which was really interesting because um, most of these cricketers you know, are, uh, don't have any airs about them. They love to talk to people, mm-hmm. and hardly anyone speaks to them. Yeah, I guess, uh, they, yeah, you know, they are not in the national spotlight. So it really helps. Uh, it really it was a, a really great learning experience for me to speak to many of these domestic cricketers, understand the kind of um, challenges they face and the and the joys they get out of you know playing in front of nobody, yeah. hoping to make it to uh, a, in, an Indian team where you know only eleven people can make it, but mm-hmm. still having the motivation to go on every year. So, uh, what are the types of tours, I mean, places that you've been, that the cricket has taken you to, and um, what are your, some of your favorite moments, you know, whether off the field or on the field, you know, on the field uh, performances in terms of batting, bowling, or fielding. Um, So, uh, let's uh, hear about that. 
Sure. Um, I think uh, cricket, uh, I mean, cr- I'm really grateful to cricket uh, at several levels because it's taken me to places within India and to places uh, outside India where I would have never probably, never ever thought of going. Like uh, Pakistan is a country I don't think I would have, um, I would have, uh, you know, ever been to if not for cricket. Same thing with West Indies. I don't know if I would have been, to, I mean, not out of uh, lack of interest. I mean, I would have loved to go to Pakistan and West Indies. I just don't think I would have had the resources mm-hmm. to go there or, or, or the reason to go there or, or the or the finances to go there in case of West Indies. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I, I the first international tour I did was to Pakistan in 2006. Yeah. Oh. Early 2006, mm-hmm. which was the second tour. Uh, which was the second tour after it's 2000. The uh, Irfan Patan uh, tour. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Irfan Patan hat trick in Karachi. Sehwag's 254 in Lahore. Mm-hmm. So that was the tour. That was my first international tour. And after which I, uh, you know, Pakistan, of, of course, absolutely uh, marvelous experience, life changing on several levels because you know it's just the fact of. Going to Pakistan, watching cricket there, meeting people there—it's just—it's just phenomenal. West Indies, uh, in—I went to West Indies in 2006 too. Later in the later part of that year, mm-hmm. uh, which was again, which was probably uh, my my favorite tour. I mean, not probably, which is my favorite tour. Which is—it's my—it's the favorite part of the world to for me to watch cricket. And of course, it's it's sad that uh, the state of West Indies cricket isn't yeah. as it was before. But even then, I mean, if if anyone you know is has a remote chance of going to the West Indies and watching a match in the West Indies, irrespective of what match it is, I would I would still recommend them to go there simply because it's such a wonderful place to not only watch cricket but also to you know uh, to uh, observe and experience the culture. Any. Um... Yeah, I, I was just continuing with that, and 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 the other places was, uh, and I went to England in uh, 2007, which was uh, really good as well, and then Australia oh, awesome. in uh, 2000, um, uh, in 2007, 08 at the end. So but yeah, these are the still with uh, Cricket Info, right? 2008. Yeah, yeah, all all of this with Cricket Info, okay. and of course, uh, in, in uh, throughout this period uh, from 2003 till 2008, I ended up uh, going to a lot of uh, places in India to watch cricket, mm-hmm. and some really really wonderful places, both domestic and international cricket, which I really enjoyed. I mean, uh, people, you know, uh, romanticize uh, about watching cricket in England and West Indies and South mm-hmm. Africa and mm-hmm. Australia. But there are grounds in India, you know, which are as romantic and as wonderful. I mean, I, I remember going to Vizag mm-hmm. and uh, the stadium in Vizag is just absolutely beautiful. It's almost like, you know, the first thing when I went there, it reminded me of St. Lucia because, you know, it said the stadium in Vizag is uh, uh, in the, the backdrop of uh, the, the mountains in the backdrop. And it's almost like it's set in a valley amid the mountains and it's just beautiful i mean they play, there's a, there's a stadium in anandpur mm-hmm. which is a very small stadium but it's so it has such a nice english countryside feel about it and you know most of these cool kids come and watch games most ranji trophy games in anandpur have about 500000 people watching which is more than anywhere else in india <laughs> so there are some really really wonderful um, stadiums in india which i had the good fortune of uh, of watching cricket in um any specific uh, player performances that uh, you'll be uh, proud of telling your grandkids, you know, hey, I was there. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. The first thing that comes to mind, I mean, talking about recent events is, you know, Dravid's uh, innings in Kingston the last time uh-huh. around when he was there. He made two half centuries, one India the series. And, uh, and it, it's probably, you know, comes very close. It's a close call, but it comes very close to the best I've watched uh, live. I mean, the other one, the other innings, which probably comes extremely close to it, is uh, 
Tendulkar's um, innings of uh, 90, I think it was 94, I don't remember, uh, 90 something in Lahore in a one day, mm, yes, in, uh, yeah, yeah. in 2006. And uh, that was a phenomenal innings because uh, it was under lights. The, the, pitch, swinging, the, the conditions yeah. were really swinging. Umar Gul and Mohamed Asif were bowling tremendously. And Dravid was at the other end. And Dravid was struggling. So, you know, it was a situation where Dravid was struggling, but Tendulkar was not. And uh, that was, I mean, those, those two performances were definitely two of the performances I was privileged to watch. Uh, among, of course, some wonderful, wonderful other performances like Lakshman in Sydney and uh, Sehwag in um, Chennai and, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of other such innings. Sehwag in Chennai, the uh, England tour? The, no, Sehwag in Chennai against South Africa. South Africa, the okay. The, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, every cricket fan and wannabe, uh, you know, cricket writer would kill to have, or would say that they would kill to have um, uh, the job that a cricket reporter at, uh, you know, uh, places like Cricket Info has. And, you know, every, you know, you get to travel, you get to follow your favorite team and interact with your players, uh, see the action and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would assume, you know, it takes a toll on uh, the reporter's personal life. You know, you have to travel if you're married or have a girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, you know, you have to travel and be away from your uh, loved ones, uh, friends and all that. So, um, you know, you eventually get fatigued. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it is definitely a job that a lot of people will kill for and I think should kill for, uh, for at least, uh, you know, for as long as they can, they can um, manage it. It uh, definitely helps that if you're young, it definitely helps if you're single. It definitely helps <laughs> if uh, you are willing to, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's also definitely, it really helps if you're, you're young and fit because, you know, it's, it involves a lot of travel. Uh, once you get, uh, you know, once you uh, get older, you probably get a partner, a girlfriend, a, wi- a wife, and uh, you probably have kids. It's very difficult. I mean, I, I, I'm still amazed at how a lot of cricket reporters and journalists who have families, you know, end up traveling close to eight months in the year and staying away from home. It takes it takes a tremendous amount of, uh, and there is, uh, and especially at times when, I mean, you know, I, I still cannot um, fathom how Pakistan journalists cover their team because every third minute in Pakistan cricket there is some news happening you know some guy and there's huge news I mean this is like you know you have spot fixing one day you have drugs the other day you have a guy you have a captain of your team biting a ball you know I mean this is like huge huge news and these guys have to cover this day in and day out I mean Osman Samyadeen a really good friend of mine who is the Pakistan correspondent for Cricket Info? Mm-hmm. I am amazed at how he lives his life. You know, I mean, it's cricket is just so insane in Pakistan. So uh, it's a journalist's life or a reporter's life uh, covering cricket can be quite exhausting. Um, there is another aspect I wanted to ask. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. because you did this for about what five years? Um, yes. So. You know, everybody gets into the game as a fan, you know, uh, and for the love of it. And when it becomes a job, you know, when you're watching the game, you're always working the angles, you know. Instead Mm -hmm. of uh, enjoying the action out on the field, you're constantly looking for that angle to write the story. Yeah, absolutely. Does it, you know, prevent you from actually enjoying the performances? And then does it become, you know, do you become jaded because of that? I think so. I mean, I, 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 uh, I do know, I do uh, know reporters and journalists who don't, and I'm 
you know, I, I can only admire them. But I think uh, in my case, at least, um, it was just a period of five years. It wasn't uh, too long. I mean, there are cricket uh, uh, reporters who have uh, followed cricket for more than 30 or 40 years. So, you know, hats off to them. But uh, in my case, definitely, it uh, became, it started becoming a bit of a, uh, a bit of a grind, you know. And that's when I realized that it, it can't go on like this because uh, you get into the game to enjoy, uh, you get into cricket journalism because of the fact that you love cricket. Mm-hmm. But uh, at a certain point of time, once you start watching the game, you, you don't watch it as a fan. You watch it with a very, uh, you, ha- you tend to watch it with a very objective sense. Occasionally, it may be even a cynical sort of look, you know. I mean, uh, considering uh, you're not looking at it as a child who watches a game without uh, too much knowledge of what else is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start knowing the players, once you start understanding the politics, once you once you get into the system, mm-hmm. to, it's very difficult to watch the game the way, uh, with, a, with a sort of, um, you know, uh, the, the outlook of a fan. So that's something I definitely found true. And again, when you're watching a game and when you're, you know, constantly, uh, con- as you said, you're looking for narratives, mm-hmm. you're trying to write about it. And very often you're trying to write while watching. So, you know, you obviously can't do both. Yeah. You know, it's, you, unless you're like some uh, superhuman who can, you know, just keep watching and just keep writing. You know, you, you, you have to split your time between looking at your monitor and looking at the action and taking down notes and you know you have to it's it's a lot of things that goes on and you definitely don't watch it the way you would if you're sitting in your couch and you know um sort of putting your legs up on uh, uh, either sofa and uh, <laughs> watching a game it's it's totally totally different yeah um the uh, that part of it I, I guess um we can jump off to the second aspect this is a, a as good a jumping point as any that brings us to the end of uh, part 1 podcast with uh, Sid V. Uh, we'll be back with a part two where uh, he discusses about cricket journalism as we see it today in terms of uh, websites, newspapers, uh, blogs, etc. Thanks for listening. What is uh, what is your opinion on the current state of uh, cricket journalism in terms of people writing about cricket in books, um, in columns, opinion pieces, um, or just uh, you know bloggers, etc., so on and so forth. So what you know compared to what you may have read uh, growing up as 
growing up and to you know in the space of 20 years well well the thing is when i was go- growing up uh, i'll tell you the difference when I, i don't want to sound like an old fuji i mean i'm not uh, 65 years old talking about when i was growing up i mean i'm but, i'm I, older than you so yeah <laughs> yeah but even then i mean it's i think uh, you know when uh, in the ninth the compared to the 90s and now i think there's a considerable change that's happened in, in various levels especially in india as a as a country mm-hmm. so um, i think uh, i mean there was no internet uh, when uh, i was growing up I mean, uh, even if there was, you know, a lot of uh, websites hadn't really uh, taken off. Yeah. And, and a lot of newspapers didn't really have uh, sophisticated websites. So I think when I was growing up, I read mostly things that were accessible to me in India. So uh, whether it was uh, daily newspapers or magazines or things that I could buy in India. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, of course, it's it's massively different because I can just log on and read things from any part of the world. Yeah. And I can I don't even have to. worry about uh, you know how good uh, if i don't like something in an indian newspaper i can just uh, go log on to a, another website from uh, australia or england something which i like and probably read about it or mm-hmm. vice versa so i think the options are tremendous in terms of uh, 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 journalism itself i mean cricket writing i'd like to look at it in a broad umbrella of writing about cricket whether okay. it's um, reporting or whether it's uh, blogging or whether it's anything you know i mean uh, i think uh, again uh, the options have increased um, options have tremendously increased i mean there's so many wonderful blogs out there which um, i read quite often which i visit there there's twitter now there's facebook there are people you know real uh, cricket uh, fans and cricket uh, fellow cricket fans who you can interact with mm-hmm. fellow cricket fans who you can share interesting reading and writing with and um, Uh, so many articles uh, that people throw up on it so i think uh, the options the access okay the access to cricket writing mm-hmm. to various forms of cricket writing has just exponentially shot up since yeah. since for the la- in the last 10 years or whatever uh in terms of quality i don't know how uh, different is it now now uh, of course quality you know it's uh, depending on each individual of course but i personally think that uh, a lot of uh, the indian newspapers i mean with uh, and they have there is a reason for this but i think a lot of indian newspapers are uh, don't uh, excite me as much as they used to earlier i mean i i don't uh, read too many match reports i don't read the, i do i read, go to indian newspapers to basically get the news mm-hmm. you know, to to read reports on what people are saying what's happening what's uh, what's going on with uh, the players what's going on with the board and things like that i i don't uh, go there to read match reports which is which is a little uh, frustrating for me because when i was growing up i mean in the 90s i used yeah. to read a lot of match reports and i think there's a reason for that i think uh, you know um, uh, uh, television internet because because uh, uh, viewers are seeing things all the time i think the nature of cricket writing is cha- is changing and also the priorities of several newspapers you know is is more towards geared towards news and trying to get out um you know to to break news to get scoops to get um, to uh, get in the into the inside story rather than to look at the macro view of the game and to write about it and um, i don't know if it's good or bad it's just the way it is um i mean that was the other thing you know because there is always a rush to get um the breaking news um to write something uh, because right now a lot of it is uh, you know internet driven and hits driven so there is always a rush to write 
uh, about something that just broke and in the process of doing that there is not proper thinking creativity uh, you may say um, or proper research uh, there is lack of proper research so you know you see that even in you know established portals uh, where there are such things happen and uh, you know i wonder um whether this all will you know eventually uh, weed itself out and then uh, come out for the better uh, yeah i think uh, you know uh, there is definitely a, a sort of rush and a sort of a, a need for putting out things quickly i think it's driven by various factors there's too much there's much more cricket than there was earlier i don't know if there's too if that is too much or not but it's still much more than there probably was at any point of time in in cricket's history um there is uh, a number of the the number of newspapers and websites in india has just shot up so much that now everyone wants to be the first person to get stuff everyone wants to get access everyone wants to do things now uh, i think the one thing that could have really really helped and that can still really help is you know the the magazine culture mm-hmm. the sort of weekly and monthly magazines in india yeah which which i still you know read quite often i mean i still go to out uh, magazines like outlook and india today mm-hmm. to to see because because these are the sort of places that have the time to take a deep breath take two steps back and to sort of make sense of what's happening in the broader picture mm-hmm. so you know earlier when there was wisden asia cricket or cricket for magazine which were monthly magazines it was even better because you know you had like really elaborate and la- and uh, sort of macro view uh, stories which uh, you know summarize things and analyze things instead of just giving you news they told you what this means yeah, and i think they could build a narrative they had the time to build a narrative exactly yeah. they had the time to build a narrative and i think there's a there's an immense uh, sort of void in that region i don't uh, see that many uh, too many magazines uh, in india i mean the number of newspapers is going up uh, every day but you know in terms of cricket and sports and coverage of these things i don't see too many um sort of specialized magazines and i think uh, probably you know the the web is sort of making up for it in terms of blogs and uh, in terms of uh, uh, yeah people writing you know people don't have to uh, a blogger doesn't have to really worry about uh, daily news and uh, rushing out stuff he can i think i think and quite a few bloggers i think take uh, take a step back and try and analyze things and probably that's that's the future you know with um, uh, sort of people uh making sense of things on mm-hmm. their on on the internet on blogs yeah like that was that was the other thing uh, i was going to touch upon you know what is the role of bloggers wonder whether a networking network uh blog can actually provide the counterweight to uh you know something like a cricket reporting monolith like a cricket info well i don't think uh, it's uh, they should be even looking to um, compete you know i mean or no, looking like, to no i'm not i don't mean compete i mean in the sense that uh, you know um, you can hold them i mean accountable yeah there is a comment section in every article that is gets published but you know there is lot of uh, noise rather than um, uh, you know proper uh, thoughtful opinion it's more knee jerk reactions than anything so but these bloggers have the time and the uh, energy to actually put sit down and put the thoughts together and i wonder whether uh, that would be possible where uh, you know a group of blogs or uh, you know a, a person writes so well that they could actually you know hold people responsible 
you know, for a while, blogs have served as the watchdogs mm-hmm. for the watchdogs, which is the media. I mean, the media is supposed to be the watchdogs and blogs are the watchdogs for the watchdogs. And I think uh, it's been the true for in various fields like, uh, you know, the political in political discourse or in uh, uh, or even in cricket. I mean, I uh, remember clearly in 2000, the, the period between 2000. Five and two thousand eight, uh, two thousand seven, which was a tumultuous uh, period in Indian cricket with Greg Chappell as the coach and mm-hmm. uh, Saurabh Ganguly's uh, ouster, Rahul Dravid's captaincy, and there was a tremendous uh, polarity in the media. I mean, people people taking sides almost, and I think blogs served a, a really important purpose then by actually looking at various sides of things and trying to uh, come up with some kind of um, sort of analysis or, or you know making trying to make sense of things of course blogs bloggers don't they don't always have inside information that's true. you know and 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 i think in a way it's a good thing because uh, journalists often get caught in inside information and and tend to yeah, that tends to work um, you know towards their biases and towards they tend to write in a certain way because of the kind of uh, uh, inside inside information they have that that that's an excellent segue to what i had in mind mm-hmm. you know uh, it used to be that um, the journalist was your uh, gateway to uh, the workings behind the scene and uh, how a player was doing, uh, you know, his the player's psyche, administration and all that. Nowadays, uh, you know, with uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything, that degree of separation has reduced. Uh, and now, now it's basically one, you know, uh, so an average fan, blogger, is able to contact some of the players, board willing, um, uh, you know, can get to hear about the raw emotions of the player and stuff. So, um, you know, there is no filter anymore. So, you know, a journal, as you said, you know, a journalist might, do, if we, in, t- in the search of access, might have a bias, but in this case, you know, with the Twitter and everything, uh, that part of, uh, uh, I guess that part of the bias is removed. Uh, following on with it, like, um, we have a question actually from uh, Venkat Anand, um, you know, in terms of the nexus between journalists uh, who have access, uh, their player agents and, uh, you know, national players. So your take? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, there is no doubt, um, you know, it's it, in the, the system, I would like to call it the system of, uh, cricket, you know, in India is, is really a very, very complex web. You know, I, I've written about it and it's um, administration, players, agents, uh, media, marketing men. It's it's a hugely complex web, you know, and once you're in it, you don't even know, you don't even realize how complex it is because you just sucked in and in and in. But it's only when you're outside that you realize what a huge labyrinth it is and how difficult it is to actually you know, to actually get through the whole thing in a sensible way. So uh, a lot of journalists, a lot of journalism gets done because of, uh, you know, uh, attendant pressures. There are a, a lot of uh, politicians own media houses. A lot of uh, player agents uh, have connections to politicians who have mm-hmm. connections to media houses. It's It's just one massive interconnected web. So no part of that web can function on its own. Each part of that web has to function uh, dependent on 
what other uh, how other parts are functioning so if a player uh, if a player is picked for a side picked mm-hmm. to a side it is not necessarily the true that he is picked only solely truly based on his performance he is picked because of various other reasons also i mean it is he could be from a the, the fact that he's from a certain zone mm-hmm. the fact that he's uh, being represented by a certain agent the fact that there is some massive deal that he's signing with someone which will lead to something which will lead to something so many things like that so the whole it it is a very complex web it can often get vicious it can a lot of things can be uh you know as a journalist you can often be totally bogged down by it because there are things that you see but there are things that you cannot write uh because you of uh, certain pressures so it's it's very hard and you know the player agents are uh, probably uh one of the guys who who are controlling indian cricket with uh, and nobody even knows about them i mean uh, if you ask uh, the common cricket fan you know about what do you know about player agents they'll probably say i don't know i mean they they probably give the players their ads mm-hmm. but uh, player agents play a massive role in um, in almost uh, controlling a lot of indian cricket i mean the kind of access they have to the uh, administrators in the bcci the kind of access they have to selectors the kind of pressures they have they put on these people and the kind of uh, pressures they put on uh, editors and on marketing men and you know it's it's uh, it's almost uh, i don't know i mean it's um, something that uh, people don't know about and it's a huge factor uh, i mean uh, obviously it's more wrong than right that sort of uh, nexus uh, you know do you see a resolution for it in terms of you know regular uh, regulating the player agent role similar to what you may have in other professional leagues around the world for example in nfl and nba so on and so forth um, so um, you know and uh, how you actually go about a journalist just being a journalist rather than you know everything uh dictated by an ulterior motive well it's it's hard i mean i think uh, cricket in india and cricket administration in india way cricket is run in india has for many years run parallel to the way uh, governments are run in india and how states and you know it's the in, uh, the way a government a state government functions is not too different from the way a state association functions you know of course uh, the uh, the state government has uh, bigger issues and bigger problems and larger number of people to worry about mm-hmm. but the efficiency and the manner of working and the bureaucracy and the red tape and the concern and the apathy and everything is you know ra- is one thing leads to the other and a ra- large part of the reason is because a lot of politicians control state associations in india you know you find uh, the people like lalu prasad yadav are presidents of their associations you know i mean <laughs> and for many years and yeah. unless unless uh, you know there is a, a way by which indian cricket can be in the hands of uh, indian cricket boards can be run by private individuals mm-hmm. then things are not going to be too different from how the indian government functions so i mean of course things will change of course uh, things are different than they were in the 50s 60s and 70s mm-hmm. things have uh, become more efficient there's more money there's much more money and uh, things will change but it will not change overnight so private probably uh, if if private uh, if 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 a state association has a ceo and if uh, the mumbai cricket association has a ceo mm-hmm. and if uh, all the uh, function uh, the way it functions is controlled by the ceo and if uh, mumbai 
loses uh, you know and gets knocked out in the first round of the ranji trophy yeah. and if that ceo is willing to take responsibility and if he resigns the if if those kind of uh, things happen mm-hmm. is when you can probably expect a situation like the you have in professional leagues around the world because that's how things happen in professional leagues around the world i mean in an nba if an nba team uh, is uh, doing miserably i mean the the gm gets fired the gm gets fired and that's exactly what has to and that's exactly how it has to be now but <laughs> i would definitely prefer as a cricket fan i would like my team to have a private ownership rather than you know a, a government uh, rather than a politician running it simply because i would think that private ownership entails more accountability okay yeah okay mm-hmm. um we have another question from a listener nabil ahmed uh, mm-hmm. from canada mm-hmm. um he wanted to know you know the general interaction uh, what what sort of interaction do the journalists have with the respective uh, national cricket boards you know mm-hmm. what is the back and forth and is there like mutual respect uh, you know how does it work yeah i mean um, in the bcci it's definitely uh, i don't know if there's mutual respect or not i mean there's a mutual irritation you know because um, see the bc the bcci is slightly different from the other boards because uh, other boards have uh, there there is a certain role for a media manager and they have media managers who basically function uh, you know they send out press releases when the news happens and there's certain embargoes they send out press releases that are embargoed and there it's a much more streamlined way now of course i have not been covering cricket uh, for a while mm-hmm. since 2008 so i don't know the exact nature of the current situation okay. but uh, the bcci for a long time and even until 2008 did not did not find the need to appoint a permanent media manager and even if they did you know the, it was hardly streamlined you know news would break and people would quote inside sources and then talking about huge news i'm saying things like you know uh, the captain is going to step down quoted a source in bcci you know i mean if uh, <laughs> if a captain is going to if a captain of uh, england is going to step uh, step down i mean you know, the media manager sends out a release saying that cap, uh, uh, in the england captain will address the media now and uh, the, an important decision is going to be made and then all the media attends that press conference uh, the captain announces a resi- uh, resignation and then you file the news right mm-hmm. but that's not the way it is in india you suddenly open the newspaper one day and say that inside sources reveal that there is it is possible that the captain of india is going to step down this is huge news you cannot have an inside source revealing this uh, you know B- if bcci could have you know uh, designated public relations uh, person media person and to you know uh, make them look better uh, uh, you know with the amount of power money cloud they have uh, you know they could become one of the best run organizations but you know uh, we'll see how that goes Mm-hmm. okay um so we'll wrap it up um with the final question from me um so your favorite uh cricket writers columnists uh bloggers well can, i mean you can't I, say you can't say sidvi i can't say sidvi yes. no i won't i won't say sidvi don't worry um i as i said i've uh, i i really enjoy reading um 
the match report. I think that even in today's day and age of uh, 24-hour, of, of television, of internet, of Twitter, of uh, everything, even though everyone knows what has happened in the match, even though everyone has seen everything in the match, I think there is still a certain joy for me to read a match report. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Ma- Michael Atherton of the Times, the London Times, mm-hmm. is someone I, I mean, whenever England are playing a series, I will definitely go the next day to the Times website and read Michael Atherton. I will read Mike Selby of The Guardian, who uh, writes about sports. And I think that these writers have mass, have really um, developed this fine art of writing the match report, uh, which uh, is great because, you know, it's everyone knows what has happened in a match, mm-hmm. yet you have to write something that is uh, illuminating and that is uh, uh, that is giving the reader something new. And I think it's a very, very hard job. I think it's very hard to write a match report. And I have immense respect for these two uh, people, um, Arthurton and Mike Selby, who I never miss out on when they, whenever they write about the match. Um, I, uh, of course, uh, I, I have uh, um, nothing but uh, admiration for the kind of knowledge that Gideon Hay possesses. I, I don't. I, I, I sometimes get baffled by how much he knows about cricket and how much he knows about cricket's history and um, it's. It, just the breadth of knowledge uh, that Gideon Hay possesses is something that uh, I, I envy. Uh, when it comes to, uh, in, in, in the Indian context, I am a huge, uh, I really enjoy reading Sambit Bal, mm-hmm. who is the um, editor of Crick Info. And um, I, he, he was the one who employed me uh, <laughs> to Crick Info as well. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I uh, think that he's, his his pieces really um, have I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of respect for his writing and a lot of respect for his uh, uh, his thoughts and the way he puts it. I mean I I don't agree with him. It's not and anyway by the way all these writers it's not that I agree with them most mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, Gideon Hay writes some things which I feel that are ridiculous in terms of uh, the argument. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course of late he's uh, been going on this um, uh, huge uh, BCC anti BCCI submission. Uh, Yes. Crusade, which of course uh, he probably has his reasons for, and and I don't agree with a lot of things he says, but I I have, I have, I have immense respect for um, the kind of uh, breadth of knowledge he possesses and his writing. I mean, I think um, the way the his uh, his the way of writing is really good, and same with Sambit. I mean, uh, sometimes I don't agree with him, but I I really admire him for the way he writes. Rahul Bhattacharya mm-hmm. was uh, another one of my, I mean, he's a very good friend. Uh, uh, both Rahul Bhattacharya and Osman Samyuddin are very good friends, but uh, writers who I um, really uh, admire and look up to because, I mean, they both both were colleagues at Crick Info. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but even today, I mean, whenever they write about, whenever they write uh, an opinion piece, I would make it a point to uh, read it because um, there are some there are people who uh, whose pieces give me a lot of uh, joy. Excellent, um, Sidvi. Thanks a lot for uh, being our first guest on uh, Couch Talk. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure and honor, uh, privilege having you. Uh, it was wonderful hearing about your experiences and your take on uh, cricket journalism. And um, thanks again. Um, and uh, that's the end of Couch Talk. Thanks, thanks for having me, Subhash. It was great chatting. My pleasure.
Couch Talk.